I was 43 when I went back to school to get my doctorate, over 20 years after I got my master's degree. And when I got my master's degree, we didn't have internet then. And now we're having all these hybrid learning opportunities. And going back to school, you know, it, it, it was hard you know, when I was getting my bachelor's and master's with all these deadlines and, and all this work. But getting my doctor, I wasn't quite sure if I still had it in me, but I wanted it so badly. For over 20 years, I wanted it. So I finally decided in a few years, I'm going to be a few years older with or without the doctorate. So let's just do it. And I got my doctorate while working full time and raising my family. And I am so thankful that I did because everything changed after. Fearless and Successful Podcast is hosted by Coach D. That is me. <laughs> Designed for change makers just like you. As a coach, activator of human potential, and freedom architect, I have one mission with this podcast. To inspire you to dream big, plan for success, and impact the world. I love all things mindset, money, and manifestation. So I will be sharing my favorite tips and tricks to help you activate your infinite potential by taking aligned and inspired action. You can also expect fearless stories from leaders around the world who designed life and business on their own terms. If we can do it, so can you. If you're ready, my fearless friend, let's get this party started. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. We have a very special guest um, from New York. You guys know how I how much I love New York. I'm gonna welcome Dr. Ruth Gautian um, here on the show today, and we're gonna talk some juicy stuff. Welcome. Hello, hello. Greetings from cold and frigid New York City. Oh no, it's cold here too. So yeah, let's just be cold and let's just dive deep and have some warmth in here. <laughs> oh, let's do it. <laughs> Good. So Dr. Ruth Gautian is the chief learning officer and assistant professor of education in anesthesiology and former assistant dean of mentoring and executive director of the Mentoring Academy at Whale Cornell Medicine. She has been held by the journal Nature and Columbia University as an expert in mentorship and leadership development. I do not know if I pronounce all these things correctly. You're but... good. <laughs> But it's such an honor, just like, oh my God, I think that's we, we're going to be, it, we, before we got on this podcast, we talked about what defines us and what doesn't. So I think we, we're going to have some great um, opportunity to just jive on these, all these stuff. Um, how did you become who you are, a high achiever and like really a leading authority in teaching people how to be successful? I don't know that I am a high achiever. I study extreme high achievers um, <laughs> because I think there's always more that I want to do. I have always been obsessed with success. What does it take to make things amazing? Mm -hmm. I'm from New York City. We are the culture capital. We have Broadway. We have Broadway shows. 
And I've had the privilege and the honor of seeing many Broadway shows during my lifetime. And I was always interested, I was always looking backstage, right? In the wings, more than I was looking on stage, which is crazy. I just bought these tickets to see a Broadway show and I'm more interested in what's behind the scenes because I have always been interested, not just in the success, but what it actually takes to get there. And in fact, in my research, I interview astronauts and Nobel prize winners and Olympic and NBA champions. And I always say to them, I am not interested in what I can Google about you because we don't need to have this conversation. I am much more interested in what it took to get there. So the success is the tip of the iceberg that everyone sees. I'm always interested in what's below the waterline that people don't see, people don't talk about. So I literally got my doctorate studying this and I studied what makes extreme high achievers. And I quickly realized that an astronaut is just like an Olympic champion. And because they were so alike doing the same things, that's when I realized that success is a learned skill. It's not necessarily something that we're born with. And if it's a learned skill, I'm an adult educator. I can teach it. So that's what I do. I go around the globe virtually these days talking and keynoting about success. And I write for um, Forbes and Psychology Today and Harvard Business Review about it. And I just wrote my book, The Success Factor. Which we're I talking I about teach it. Yeah, so, so exciting. <laughs> so exciting because I see the passion in you. You're just so passionate about this topic and the fact that you really um, interviewed and, and did the work, the research with such a high achievers like astronauts. Come on. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so good. So you mentioned success is a learned skill. Yeah. Can we go a little bit deeper? Yeah. 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 So if that's learned skill, so how can we be more mindful about that we can learn to be successful? That's really why I wrote the book, because I was never convinced that you can copy somebody else's habits in order to be successful. So for example, if I, I'm an early riser, right? We are recording this. It's actually 7.30 in the morning, New York time. I've actually been up for several hours. I've had two cups of coffee. I am good to go. Yes, Where, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but I wake up early. That's, you know, that's what I do, right? And I am super focused in the morning, super focused. That's usually when I do my best work is in the morning. And, you know, we hear about a lot of high achievers waking up at 5 a.m., et cetera. That's great. But if you are a night owl and you do your best work after everyone goes to sleep and you don't go to sleep until two or three o'clock in the morning, how are you going to wake up at five o'clock mm -hmm. and be functional? It's just mm -hmm. not going to happen. Mm. So that's why I don't feel that you can copy someone else's habits, but we can look at what they're doing at five o'clock and emulate that in order to fit our lifestyles, our routines, and what works for us. And that's what I did. So for example, we all see, and we all know the billionaires read three to eight hours a day, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Mark Cuban. So then everybody starts reading three to eight hours a day because they think that's what's going to make you a billionaire. No, that's not the point. 
The point is not that they're reading so much that made them billionaires. The point is, is that they are saying, no matter my success, no matter what I've achieved, there's always more to learn. Mm -hmm. And they learn it by reading. They are opening their mind up to new knowledge. And then they're making connections that other people don't see yet. They're able to use something from one industry and implement it in a new way in another industry. That's innovation, right? So it's not the reading that made them billionaires. It's opening their mind up to new knowledge. So I looked at these things from a new lens and it was from interviewing all these amazing people. Yeah, this is such a, you know, people think so backwards, right? And I want to go into what you, because I have some people who will be very intrigued by this question. And before we jumped on, we talked about laziness. Mm. Um, and I think I am a morning person too. Um, I'm not at 5 a.m., but 6 a.m. is like I'm religious about my 6 a.m. morning routine and doing all the things before my girls get up. I have people who say to me, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an evening person. I want to do my things in, in the evening. I believe that, you know, if you have a life where everything happens until the evening, you just get, or my brain is like that. I get tired yeah. in the evening. Yep, yep. How do they then operate like on the high level performance in the evening after the day has already passed? I don't understand that. And I would say like, you're just fucking lazy. <laughs> you don't no. want to wake up at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. It's really about leveraging your peak cognitive hours. So if my peak cognitive hours are in the morning. That is when I am most focused. Mm -hmm. That's when I do the work that requires my deepest concentration, Yes, which for me means writing and editing and grant work and budget work. I don't answer emails. I don't go on Zoom calls. I don't do passive tasks during my peak focus hours. When I'm tired at the end of the day, because I've been at it, and when I'm, I start getting slower in my thinking, that's when I'll do the passive tasks that don't require that deep focus. Yes. That's when I can pay my bills. That's when I can respond to emails. That's when I can return phone calls. You don't need that same level of concentration. So what you want to do is make sure you are not burning your deep cognitive hours and protect that time at all costs. Now, do we make exceptions? Sure. I told you my peak cognitive hours are in the morning, but yet we are zooming in the morning because of our time differences. Do I make exceptions? Absolutely. But this is the only one this week. This is not something that I do yeah. every single day or else I'll never get any work done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Being flexible. 100%. Um, yeah. And I, and I get that. Is it like, and this is probably like has to do with brain experts who would, who could like really answer this, but maybe, you know, probably, you know, is it possible that we are all wired differently and we have like this cognitive focus and we can do deep focused work um, either or? Yes, you can do it. And what you want to do is get into what's called a state of flow. Yes. A state of flow is you are in this deep concentration. You are at your peak productivity and you're actually happy. 
you're actually happy when it happens. And you know, because you can't type fast enough, you can't do this fast enough, time melts away. You are not tired, you are not hungry, you don't need to go to the bathroom, you don't wanna take a break because you're in that zone and you do not want to break that zone. It's hard to get into that state of flow, but I actually teach in the success factor how you can actually do that because it can improve your productivity. Now imagine having that state of flow during your peak cognitive hours. Can you imagine how much you would get done? Can you imagine? Now, it's not just if you need to do, um, for example, written work or reading work. I mean, your, te- your deep focus hours. So if you are an athlete, for example, right, you want to be able to have your workouts during that time that you will likely be in that state of flow. That's what you want. So this is good for any industry. That's what I said. The astronaut is just like the Olympian. Same things. And we can learn from different industries and apply it. Yeah, amazing. That's so, so valid. So we th- you talk in your book about four different principles. Is it principles that we talk? Yeah, yeah, four elements of success. Four elements, yes. yeah, sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell us, walk us through the four elements so people get a perspective from, from you what it takes to be successful. Sure. So first I wanted to say that you have to do all four together. You cannot pick and choose what you're going to do. But if you're going to start with one, this is the one you start with. You tap into your passion and your purpose. Now, let me explain. Imagine somebody in your family, or God forbid you, suffered from cancer. You know that pain and anguish. Almost all of us know people who have suffered from from cancer and the toll it takes on the person and the family. Now imagine that you like science, you like the challenge of science. You don't want anyone else to suffer from cancer the way this beloved family member did. You want to be able to take your passion for science and your passion to find a treatment for cancer. That is your fuel. That is your, what we call in adult learning, intrinsic motivation. No one can take that away from you. This is very different from extrinsic motivation, which is when other people judge you, the awards, the promotions, the diplomas on your wall. That's not sustainable. If that is what's driving you, that carrot, you will either fail out or burn out. But if it comes from within, no matter the challenge, you are going to get through it. So you need to tap into what is your intrinsic motivation. And I told you I'm an adult educator. So I can't just tell you what to do without teaching you actually how to do it. And the entire last third of the book is to teach you how to apply these principles. And I'm an adult educator, so I actually have to give you worksheets to do because I realize people, some people need to write it out and draw it out and they can't just read about it. So there's actually a passion audit that you can download with the book. So that's, uh, that's number one. The second one is your work ethic, your perseverance, your grit, your tenacity, your resilience, whatever word you want to use. Now, you're going to have this in spades if you are tapping into your intrinsic motivation. 
So let's go back to this person studying cancer, the scientist studying cancer. You need to get funding to fund your research. And let's say your grant doesn't get funded. Let's say your paper gets rejected. Let's say your experiment didn't work. These high achievers have challenges just like the rest of us. But the way that they approach these challenges is very different. They never question if they will overcome the challenge. They never question if they will get grant funding, if the, an experiment will work, if a paper will get accepted. They know that it will. They shift their entire mindset to how to make it happen. What do I need to do? What is the strategy I haven't thought of yet to get this experiment to work? They do this every time they have a challenge. And that's what we need to learn how to do to switch from if to how. And one of the things they always do is they don't worry about things they can't control. They always focus on the things they can control. Now imagine the Olympians who've been training for years for their one special race at the Olympics. And then we have a pandemic and the Olympics gets postponed for a year. But guess what? Most of the Olympians actually came back. They trained for an additional year. They did not give up. How many of us have given up when we were faced with a challenge? We threw up our hands when there was a pandemic and decided, I can't deal with this. I'm just going to binge Netflix. These people didn't because of how they view the challenges. So that's number two. Number three, they have a strong foundation, which they are constantly reinforcing. What they did early in their career, they do later in their career. They don't say, oh, I made it. I got the Nobel Prize. I don't need to apply for grants anymore, or I got the gold medal or the NBA championships. I don't need to do the warm-ups. No, it's the same warm-ups that you would see kids doing. In fact, one of the people who I've spoken to is Ryan Millar, a three-time Olympian. He won the gold medal in volleyball. And he told me that the most important thing in volleyball is not how high you jump, it's ball control. And he told me one of the things that they do to warm up in the Olympics before any major game is this exercise called pepper. And it really works on the ball control. And he said, you know what, Ruth? He said, I used to do pepper in my backyard when I was seven years old, when I was practicing this with my brother. I did it when I was seven years old in my backyard and I did it right before the Olympics. Mm. Strong foundation, constantly being reinforced. And the last and certainly not least, and we touched on this before, all the high achievers are constantly learning, craving new knowledge. We talked about the billionaires who are always reading, but what are some of the other ways that we can great, create new knowledge? Well, we can get new knowledge by certainly reading books or articles or blogs we're listening to podcasts such as this one. Hopefully I'm sharing some good stuff or watching webinars or courses on LinkedIn learning. I have a course on LinkedIn learning that people watch in order to learn new things. There's always new ways to learn things. And of course, it's also by talking to people, which is why all of the extreme high achievers had not one. They had a team of mentors who believed in them more than they believed in themselves. So those are the four, intrinsic motivation, perseverance, strong foundation, and continuous learning.
Wow, so good. Yeah, you nailed it. I think that, that you know, it, it makes so much sense. And we oftentimes really contribute success to, I love that you talk about intrinsic motivation. I think I'm not born in the right family. You know, yeah. I didn't, I was not born in the right time, right? We are oftentimes, yeah. narrative, right? What's your Those are excuses, right? Yeah. Those are always excuses. And I, lived by that excuse. I always thought that success was for other people, mm -hmm. people who had the right pedigree. They were born into the right family. They had the right opportunities given to them. But you know what? You can have the right opportunity given to you, but if you don't grab it with both hands, you have just wasted it. Mm -hmm. And let's look at what happened during the pandemic. Why some people, we all had different stresses on our lives. But some people dealt with the stress by binging movies from their couch. And other people said, I'm going to try this new thing. Mm -hmm. I am going to fear not trying more than I fear failing. This is my time to do it. And those are usually the people who soar. Yes. The people who fear not trying more than they fear failing. Wow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. So good. Yes. So much goodness. And I think, you know, we covered a lot just by like, you know, you going through these. I, I think like people really got the the overview that it is our own responsibility to to be successful. Right. That's um, right. And we can. Yes. And we can. Yeah. And I have to tell you, I tried this on for myself. I was patient zero. I would never write a book about something telling people, I think you should do this if I didn't try it on myself. Mm -hmm. And what so, was so important to me when writing the success factor, it wasn't about me. It wasn't my anecdotal experiences. I interviewed, I share the stories of over 60 extreme high achievers in the book, multiple astronauts, multiple Olympic champions, multiple Nobel prize winners, multiple CEOs. And it's the same things that keep happening, the same four elements over and over and over again. So you will be able to hear how these extreme high achievers, everyone from eight-time NBA champion Steve Kerr to the leading infectious disease expert in the United States, Dr. Tony Fauci, how they dealt with these four elements of success. So this is based on a lot of research over many years. Amazing. Yeah. Congrats. Such a, such a great, yeah, so great. That grit and work ethic, right? Uh, yeah. So, so good. Um, tell us what is the best way for people to connect with you? Of course, we're going to link the Amazon book or whatever people are. Yeah. Books. Um, so they definitely you should definitely get the book. That's the first uh, action step. Where can they connect? You mentioned LinkedIn. Is that the best way to connect and search for your work? Absolutely. So we can definitely connect on LinkedIn and social media. It is just my name, Ruth Gotian. And the LinkedIn courses, you could just look up my name. And of course, my website, ruthgotian.com. And if you do slash book, you will get links to where you can get the book all over the world. Amazing. So we're going to link that. Um, yeah, that's about this. I want to ask you, so because I, I know that, and we talked about this before, uh, before we, we jump on a show, <laughs> probably you have a lot of these. Uh, what was like one thing that you were 
were afraid to do it. But now in hindsight, you feel like, wow, I'm so proud of myself that I actually went above and beyond and I overcome that fear. Yeah, well, I, I hinted at this um, earlier. I was 43 when I went back to school to get my doctorate over 20 years after I got my master's degree. And when I got my master's degree, we didn't have internet then. And now we're having all these hybrid learning opportunities and going back to school, you know, it, it, it was hard you know, when I was getting my bachelor's and master's with all these deadlines and, and all this work, but getting my doctor, I wasn't quite sure if I still had it in me, but I wanted it so badly for over 20 years, I wanted it. So I finally decided in a few years, I'm going to be a few years older with or without the doctorate. So let's just do it. And I got my doctorate while working full time and raising my family. And I am so thankful that I did because everything changed after. Wow, you're such an embodiment of that perseverance. Come on. <laughs> such a hero. So good. I love that. Um, and I love the, the fact that you said, you know, I'm going to be older. Um, I yeah. don't want to waste another year. And people who are listening to this, like if you feel that something is calling you, do it today. Don't postpone on tomorrow, another year. Do it now because one year from now, you will wish you started today. I have to tell you, I, I'm very open about the fact that I did this later in life. And I'm so glad that I did because um, there's five other people who I know who went back to school after hearing that and they were doing it while working full time. So these are people who went to get a bachelor's, some got a master's, one went to law school at night, one is going back at almost 60, um, just got into Harvard. So this is, um, I think it's doable for if anybody who has that intrinsic motivation to do it. Wow, so inspiring. Dr. Ruth, was there anything that, you know, I forgot to ask you and you, you're dying to share, you're so passionate about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you tapped into my intrinsic motivation. And um, I am really passionate about this and I can talk about it in my sleep because I need to leave this world better than I found it. Yes. And I am not good at many things, but I have learned to tap into my passion and do my part to try to help people who want to be more successful. And I believe that nobody wakes up in the morning aiming to be average. I think people want to be successful and they just need a blueprint. And I am proud, really proud that I was able to create that learning plan, that blueprint for them. And I'm really hoping the success factor helps them get there. Amazing. You guys, you don't see her and her big smile and just like this radiant energy. She is so passionate about this. Guys, go and buy the book, dive into the content that she is having available on LinkedIn, connect with her. My goodness, this was so on point, juicy, short, but very, very profound and juicy. Um, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to get the book. We're going to share some insights on the socials. Yeah. So just follow along. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Ciao.
Thank you so, 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 so much, you beautiful soul, for taking the time to jump in today and listen to this episode. I know you could be doing a gazillion other things, and I don't take this lightly. I really, truly, deeply appreciate your time and your support. And if you love this episode, please subscribe if you haven't yet and leave us a review at reviewthispodcast.com forward slash insider. Let me say this again, reviewthispodcast.com forward slash insider. You can leave a review on any device, which makes this super easy and sexy and really helps me to reach more people just like you. And with that being said, I am sending you a daily dose of vitamin D. I love you so much and I'm so grateful for you. Until next time, fearless dreamer. Mwah.